Hello! Welcome to the Dad Report, a podcast for dads, by dads, about dad stuff. Join us as we sit down and have meaningful conversations with friends, family, and coworkers. We will talk about life, family, and so much more while working towards a goal of creating a healthy idea of what it means to be a dad. Welcome to another installment of The Dad Report. Ooh, wow, Justin, that was very serious. I'm try- I like well, it. I was trying to avoid the tonight on The Dad Report, even though every time I'd say that, I mean, <laughs> they're listening to it in their cars at 6 a.m. on their way to work, which if you listen at 6 a.m. when it drops, you're definitely a loyal follower. Loyal. Um, Chad, how are you doing this week, buddy? Hey, life is good. Good? Life is good, man. I got no, no complaints. Uh, things are good. How are you, Justin? I'm doing, I'm doing well, tired, because that's normal, but I'm well. You have a, you have a young child. Yes, she is one and full of energy and all the things and stand, she's standing up a lot. She just hasn't figured out how to take a step yet. It's just standing up. And then, then she's doing this thing where she'll like fall down and roll over and it, and and she laughs while she does it. And it's great. And then she's on the couch and I'm like, please stop. You're going to roll off the couch. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, well. We got a really special treat for those of you listening out here tonight. I have one of my favorite people in the world. He's a dad to like four kids. He's got an awesome, supportive wife. He is a pastor of a small but growing church that's technically part of a much larger church. Um, he's also brown and from India who landed in Miami and then went to a really southern seminary and then was a college pastor at FSU. So if you're a Knowles fan like my wife, go Knowles. Uh, please welcome Rahul Agawal. Uh, I'm gonna get wow. over Thank you for the for accent, the, the, the really bad accent with my name. Wow, so bad. I used to do that to you in the hallways. I also call you Reverend Raul, so it's which, whichever, you know. Oh. oh man, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. I am honored that I get to be on the dad report. This is awesome right. with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. Thank yeah, you for being you. here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Raul, how are you doing, buddy? How is your, your, we just had 4th of July yesterday. Any missing digits? M- missing digits. Um, well, almost cause two of our rockets almost like literally did not go off and exploded in front of us and one fell towards us, but oh we're all gosh. still surviving. We were, Annie was videoing and you should see the video. It is, it looks like something out of Blair Witch. It is hilarious. It was so funny. <laughs> and we were all screaming, we're going to die. And then we lit another one afterwards. So we were so excited about it. <laughs> America, <laughs> right there. You know, that's the that's the second Blair Witch reference I've heard this week. Is that thing making a comeback or something? It, I, I feel not. it needs to. It needs to. <laughs> oh no! I tried to watch the Blair Witch Project, and I enjoy horror movies. And oh, it was I, a terrible I, movie. I tried, and I only got about five minutes into it, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. The oh. camera, and that's what it's known for, of course, is that like shaky first person camera, or whatever. I literally, it was so rough. I was like, my, I can't watch this. I don't care. So. I literally laughed through the whole movie till the end, and then I screamed in terror. <laughs> All right. If you've seen the movie, the very last scene before it cuts to black, you know exactly what I'm talking well, about. Well, now I'm intrigued. Now i got to go back and finish it. Because it's all funny. You're like, you're just terrified of nothing. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> There's something there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think my wife had the exact same reaction that you did. Um, <laughs> and I, the whole time, I was like, what? What? What is Am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed to be like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Good times. Okay. They need to recreate it. It's just the, the cheese factor. Please don't. Please, please don't. Um, <laughs> Some things should just die, you know. <laughs> oh, it did. <laughs> they tried a sequel. It did not take. It did not work. No, no. Well, Raul, one of the things we love to do here at the Dad Report is we love to share dad jokes. And so you told us you came prepared, and it's in your words. Oh, I'm ready. Cheese ball. So yes. cheese us okay. up, man. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I don't know if you can handle this. I'm not sure so, ready. Bring it. But here it comes. Here it comes. Why do dads bring an extra pair of socks to the golf course? In case they get in- a hole in one. Yeah. In case they get a hole in one. Okay. All right. You knew that one. Do you want my really good one then? Do you want my really yeah, good one? Yeah, lay it on. Let's okay, go. Okay. I went softball because I had a feeling you knew that one. So here yeah, we go. I like puns. So, What happens when you drop a piano down a mine shaft? You get A flat minor. 
Oh, I'm gonna have to remember that one. Oh, I heard that. Wow, it's one of oh, my favorites. That's one a, of my that's favorites. Impressive. All that's right, <laughs> a flat minor. All right, all right. Um, wow. Future guests of the dad report. The bar has been set. It just it just got set for the guest dad joke. It's just it. what I'm here to do, people. It's what I'm here to do. A to flat raise minor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Raul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Because my introduction needs no words, but it probably should have better clarification. So uh, just give us a little bit of background, you know, who you are and your family, and we'll go from there. Yeah, man. So married to Annie for 20 years this year, and uh, we just celebrated her 20th. Yeah. Do you feel old? Met at, I feel very old because I have four kids and my oldest, we went to University of Georgia orientation last week. Oh, wow. And that was intense. It was that moment of realization where, like, we're old. We have a kid going <laughs> to college. Literally, that's not the realization Annie had, my wife, but that's the realization I had. And so four kids, 18, 17, 15, and 13. So we did not know what we were doing. So they were, like, four in diapers at one time, it feels like, or at least oh, something. My. It was intense. So I feel you, Justin, <laughs> where you are right now. Um, they're all teenagers now. It's worse than when they were in diapers because they have opinions um, and lots of opinions. But they smell the, just like diapers. And they don't know what they're doing, but yet they think they know what they're doing, which is yeah. also what I love because somehow you can, after doing college ministry, which is part of my story, I've mm-hmm. learned how to like coach them versus parent them. That's the okay. difference I'm learning. And it's even, it, it's harder, but it's a more fun season. Because I'm showing them movies like Gladiator and Lord of the Rings and the Matrix movies. So I get to coach them up in the ways of like, you know, the Force and stuff like that, Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, we're big Marvel fans. So we see every Marvel movie on opening weekend. And okay. that's fun. Whereas little kids, well, some people do take their little kids. We didn't take little kids to the movies. Smart. Uh, especially Blair Witch Project. And so <laughs> stuff like that, we just love that. And then I've been a pastor in this context for five years, uh, for five years, uh, with North point ministries, mm-hmm. but specifically a campus pastor for only one year at Hamilton mill church. And it's been a ride. Oh man. It was, it's been so much fun. So explain the, the, the navigation from college ministry to North point ministries. Um, can you talk about that, that transition oh, oh a little bit? We have an hour. Let's see. Just kidding. No, uh, no so, give, us our, give us your five minute pitch. Yeah. So <laughs> w- did college ministry for 11 years. Okay. Never thought I'd do anything else. Loved it, man. College students are the most reachable, sendable and teachable people on the planet. They have mm, so much passion. Yeah. So I absolutely loved my time with them. We were, um, this is not a pat on my back. This is just to let you know that part of this context, we were nationally known, not because we had the biggest thing, but because we were, we were so innovative and we saw so many people being reached on our campus that people were coming to know Christ. And so for me, I was like, I'm great, God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm happy. And of course, as soon as you get content, God likes mm-hmm. to throw a wrench in the plans. Um, because one of the things that after leaving, being an intern at a church, Annie and I said we would never work at a church again. Because not because it was terrible, just it was a, the beginning of a split that happened later. Mm. And so we were there on the okay. front end and it was, we just saw some things. And so uh, when I was doing college ministry, I helped churches, but I was like, they always asked me to be on staff. And I'm like, nope, I'm great. I love what I do. I love supporting the local church because We've always had a heart for the local church. Every year we would go to Catalyst, Annie and I, and at Catalyst, we would get fueled up for ministry for the next year. And that's where I got introduced to Andy Stanley and North Point Ministries and stuff like that. And I would take the stuff from North Point Ministries and bring it to the college campus. And that's when it worked. And that's when it clicked because college students, as you know, are probably the most skeptical of any kind of faith and any faith of anything, whether it's Christianity or any other belief system. But the stuff that Andy was teaching and that North Point Ministries approach for reaching the unchurched, it works so well on our campus. And so I started dabbling in it more, following more of the churches and Andy Stanley and stuff like that. And so as I started doing that, one of my former students went to Catalyst and got on staff with Gwinnett Church, which is North Point Ministries campus. And while she's there, she's like, you need to reach out to this guy named Raul to come on staff. Was this Betsy? It was Betsy Sunny. I love yeah, Betsy. Yeah, Betsy. Awesome. Shout out to Betsy. Yeah, that's right. She's, What's up, she's Betsy? She's awesome. Um, 
And so they, when I was at Catalyst, they had a conversation with me. Oh, they said they wanted to talk to me through a text is what Betsy told me. And I said out loud, nope, not doing it. I'm like, I'm good. Why would I do this? My, my mistake was saying nope out loud in our hotel room, mm. to which my wife was like, who I also affectionately call the Holy Spirit, um, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I just do whatever I feel like. And she's like, no, I actually pay attention to Jesus. And so she, she said, why not? And I was like, who are you and what have you done with my wife? And because she was always like, this is what she was like me. This is what we need to do. This is what we've been called to do. And she said, why not? So that Sunday we were planning to attend Gwinnett church already just to see what things were like there. Mm-hmm. Cause Betsy was there. We'd never been inside before. Mm-hmm. We got there a little early so, to meet with them, stepped in the first hallway and Annie and I looked at each other and said, why does this feel like home? Mm-hmm. And I there can't explain it. it. I can't explain it except for that. It was the Holy spirit saying it's time. And I'm like, I fought it too. Their first initial offer. I rejected. I said, no. Cause I was like, Nope, God, I still want to do this. And God's like, Nope, it's time. And so that's a whole nother story. I'll that's, save yeah, it for another time. Like but deep, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was very God ordained and very Holy spirit led. Okay. Nice. So for, uh, for those people that may not know the setup. So North point, Big church, many campuses. Um, how does how does uh, Hamilton Mill Church fit into North Point Ministries? Great question. So um, Andy Stanley is the lead pastor. Actually, I'd call him the teaching pastor, but he, he calls is running teaching pastor, right? He calls himself teaching pastor. Um, and then my title technically is lead pastor of Hamilton Mill Church. So what that means is we're all under the umbrella of North Point Ministries. So we're on North Point Ministries campus. But the reason we all have different names is because North Point likes to make sure it's a local community church. So it's part of a larger, I would say, network. But we're here. I'm focused on Hamilton Mill Church. I'm not focused on the world. I'm saying we're going to be here for our community. And I'm wearing a hat that says four. We're for our community. And we're not for Alpharetta, which is where North Point is. We're for Hamilton Mill in that area. Does that make okay. sense? Great. Yeah, I just I just know that um, I've been to a couple of the North Point campuses, um, just you know, going through the city. But I know we have some listeners who are like, "Wait, North Point? What's that?" And what North Point yeah. Hamilton? Like, yeah, yeah, it's so confusing. Why all the names? So. Yeah. Does Andy go to this campus? Does he preach in person? <laughs> Had those questions before. Oh yeah, no, we're definitely a video church. Uh, church, I <laughs> preach every once in a while, but definitely Andy's the majority preacher. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk to us about your. So, I mean, this is the dad report. We want to talk about dad stuff, and and now I've lost. There was earlier you said something that I thought was cool. Oh, coaching and parenting. I want to come back to that. So we'll put a, we'll put a pin in it because it might be that you are parenting, but maybe you found the healthy way to parent, and you're just calling it coaching um we can come back to that but do talk to us about like ministry marriage you had your kids I mean, at least the first two it sounds like we're boom boom um <laughs> yes they were <laughs> hello <laughs> um and uh as far as i can tell from knowing you personally raul you know you, you guys are still a younger even if you've been married 20 years you're definitely on the younger side of that spectrum for having kids going off to college. So it, it sounds like you kind of got jumped right into ministry and into marriage and into having kids. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me, but uh, talk to us kind of the balance of like jumping into all the things all at once. Yeah. So like the quick version of my story is I was planning to make a lot of money and not do ministry. Um, that was my goal in life. And so, Classic. but then my, my last semester of college, I felt like God was saying it's time to do full-time ministry. So I went and interned at a church. And after interning at a church, uh, while interning at a church, my wife and I got married. We had met on the college campus there at Florida State. And then we went to seminary in New Orleans where we had two of our kids while experiencing oh. a hurricane and losing everything. And so that was a moment of, I learned how to trust God completely there because mm-hmm. he provided in ways that is only supernatural. It's the only way to say it. Like it's, I, I, we can get into the details if you want, but that's what I learned to trust God. And that has informed that I'm not in control. He is. And so I'm going to do my best to tell people about him, but also to raise my kids to not hate him. Like a lot of, if you've heard the stigma with pastor's kids, it's a lot like, man, pastor's kids are the worst kids in the church. That is yeah. 
Annie and I's goal is never to have those kids. And so because of that, we've focused on balancing what it looks like to have a family and ministry because it can become a fishbowl where everybody's watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so the way we've done that, when we got thrown into that is I, we made a statement. Annie and I said, we will never sacrifice our family on the altar of ministry. Mm. And so the way we've protected, I don't know if this is part of it, but I'm going to just say the way we've protected against that is we have weekly date nights and nothing changes that. Okay. Um, so every Monday night is date night, um, unless it's July 4th that we're shooting fireworks. Now we've moved our date night to <laughs> Thursday night because that takes precedent, of course. Of course. <laughs> America. America, yeah. But, but, but we did that not just for ourselves, but to show our kids, to model for our kids when they're in a relationship. Mm. And whatever they do, you can throw yourself into a career or to anything, and that's going to ruin all your relationships. So that's why we did that. And to show them how to have healthy relationships. Um, we've tried not to argue in front of our kids, but that naturally happens. And so we've had to apologize and talk through that, but we try not to hide anything from our kids. So that's how we've thrown it all. When you say thrown together, we try and be the realest we can be with our kids appropriately, right? We don't say exactly everything that's going on in the church and stuff like that. Uh, And so that's the way when you say thrown in, that's what I think of. I was like, my whole goal is to make sure that my kids know that I'm their dad, not their Mm -hmm. pastor. That's my goal. Or even, or I don't want them to feel like the church is a mistress. You know what I mean? Hmm. All right. Yeah. Wow. That's good. So, um, I feel like this is a great topic to sit on for a minute. Um, cause I mean, any pastors listening, absolutely. Right. Um, (laughs) the whole preacher's kid thing. Oh yeah. Um, we all knew we all knew those growing up. I mean, I remember <laughs> in youth group, right? You could you could pick them out, and um, but that's very and it's great. It's great. It sounds like you have some boundaries there. And could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think for you, it's being pastor of a church, and you know, not wanting to, like you said, sacrifice your family um, on that altar. But I mean, shoot, I have a I have a job, right? My wife has a job. She has she has things that she wants to have a priority. So, so how, 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 how do you boundaries? do that? Yeah. How do you, yeah. how do you draw some of those boundaries? And, and yeah, let's, let's talk about yeah. that for a minute and see kind of how that could apply. Man. So it's hard. It is, first of all, it's season of kids. What ages? That's mm. a hard part. Mm. It's this book by Andy Stanley called choosing to cheat. So real quick version of that he wrote is that I read when I was in college ministry. When his kids were young, he would put less time into the church. And when his kids left the nest, he put, he puts more time in the church to balance it out. Hmm. Um, it's just a quick version of what the boundaries kind of the conversation. Um, I, I try and be there as much as possible, like kids playing sports to their games, but not just at their games, taking them to practices too. Cause even if I sit in the car and not go into their practice, just so they know they are my priority. Mm. Now there's times I have to explain like, man, I can't take it. I can't beat your game. I've got this thing at the church that we've planned for months and your schedule is planned after that. But I, and I don't, I'm not a firm believer that you have to be at every single practice, every single game. I'm not, that's, that's not showing your kids boundaries to to be honest. That's making your kids the center of your universe. We show our that. kids that they are not the center of our universe. Uh, I can go on a little rant, but like, I hate that every kid gets a trophy because it's just feeding uh, the whole thing of like. Preach it. Yes. Entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> are on yes. board with that. No, yes. Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. I just, it's, and it's sometimes a shady subject, but it's like, it's teaching our kids that they're the center of our universe. And they, there's so many conversations we've had where I've literally told my kids, Hey, you're not the center of my universe. You're a part mm. of it. I'm a part of yours. I'm not the center of yours. You've shown me that, but it's like, um, (laughs) it's like trying to teach them. Like we all need to set boundaries. And so for me, another boundary that we set is at dinner, no phones. Okay. um, Period in the car, less than an hour drive, no phones also. So, um, I have, I'm usually driving, so I can't, I adhere to it. No problem. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But those some boundaries like that, but also when it comes to work-life boundaries, there's been a lot of people use the term work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's ever a balance because that means equal. That means the, the pendulum is equal. I would say it's, it's, it's seasons and it's because sometimes like the new ministry season for me, August, my kids barely see me in August. 
mm. because I'm do, we're ramping up the church and all that. That's what I was like in college ministry. But then they know in September or slash October, we're going to go on a vacation and I'm going to put more time back into the family. Okay. So when you, when you do balance, you're, I've learned you're going to burn out when you try and balance because there's times you have a big project coming. There's times you have to take trips uh, with your job and you feel so guilty because there's not balance. And that is not the case. That's not how life works. Life has seasons. Life has moments. And so that's one of the things that we try and talk about a lot is like, hey, tonight I'm doing a podcast, but afterwards we're going to play Fall Guys together, you know, stuff like that. There you and go. So, yeah. And so different things like that, we try and talk to our kids about. Um, another form of balance that I try and talk about is we, one thing they know is we're going to see a Marvel movie together. When there's one coming out, we're going to go see that together. That's like our thing. And I feel like every family should have a thing. Okay. It's like something we do together that when this hap- when this is coming out or there's this event, we know as a family, you're not going with your friends. We're all going together. And we have tried to keep that even into the teenage years. And in the teenage years, it's been the hardest. When they're That's little tough, kids, they have yeah. no choice. But the teenage years, they're like, I want to go see, see this with my friends. I want to do this with my friends. And so we have that conversation. Is we say Sometimes we say, that's fine. Every once in a while, that's fine. But Marvel movies, we go together. Yeah. Um, because unless you're going to spoil it for the rest of the family, if you see it before, I said, uh, uh-uh, that ain't <laughs> true. Statement. Then you're <laughs> then you're excommunicated from the family, and I never want to see you again. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I believe also helps with boundaries is our kids knowing when they're our priority, not that they're always our priority. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, I just want to make sure I'm clear with that because it's so easy for families today to do everything for their kids. And that does not set them up for life. That's why they go crazy when they go to college. Mm. And for me, I learned that when I was working in college ministry. So my kids have no chance. They're just hopeless because of that. I was <laughs> like, I learned all what kids make mistakes. So I know exactly what you're going to try and do. And I know how to prepare for it. So that's one of the things. That's great. And that reminds me of something I heard recently. I had never really heard it put in this way, but making your children an idol and yeah. I would never mm-hmm. say that was me, but when I start looking back and it's like, well, I want to, you know, I'm really spending too much thought on why is he upset about this or what, you know, whatever the, whatever hmm. the situation is. And it's like, wow, am I, am I doing that here? You know? Um, so, uh, you know, and the more time, you know, I live with three people whose love language is quality time. So it doesn't matter how much quality time we're spending together. There can always be more, which is great, right? But at the same time, it's just, it comes to an end. Say it like, like you mean it, Chad. some point, got to go to work. At some point, I got to hop on and do a podcast, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, yep. you know, I was just about to say there's a balance there. But I also, I also agree with what you say, Raul, about um, there's not, Balance is not really something we can attain. Like, uh, and I know in ministry is really big on like we have seasons, right? And a lot of churches are are really they they organize around certain big events, right? You got mm-hmm. Easter, you got Christmas, you got you got some there in the middle. Um, and I I feel like there's some uh, even in like the corporate world, there's some parallels there that people can draw. I, I know I can for me, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Justin, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, I hope. <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I think it's all great. I think I love the way that Raul drew the, the contrast between boundaries and balance, um, especially as like, like he, I got convicted. I mean, today was my first day on staff at this new job. And the first thing that happened is, I mean, you're drinking out of a fire hydrant. So I came home and I, my brain is still on work is still trying to get things that way tomorrow night runs as smoothly as it possibly can for having one day in the office with a Monday off. Cause it's the shortest week that you could possibly start in a new ministry position. And then I'm thinking ahead towards like, okay, ministry, how do you set up boundaries that ministry then will respect? Because there are ministries that, that don't, there are ministries. It's like, we don't care. Like actually the last position I was at the, I remember overhearing one of the pastors say, uh-uh, the whole staff knows that if I call them, they better pick up, even if it's an off day, even if it's, they're not at work at that time. Like it's just in there. So there's a little bit of that, you know, where does the, where do you draw boundaries? And then I guess that my third kind of facet of thought is, well, Amelia's, Amelia's little. So right now I kind of, there's a certain level where we do have to make her our world, 
but then how do we make sure we've put enough boundaries and even while she's just one she can't talk she can't you know feed herself etc um but how do we still have i don't know what those boundaries look like but how do we still make sure we have boundaries that way as she grows and gets bigger she does not remain that much not that again like like you said raul she's in our world we're in her world but we're not each other's worlds we're not as chad said idolizing or worshiping um and i've always i never had that verbiage i always just knew the kid there your, your children are important but at some point they leave and so you have to make sure you you nurture 100%. and take care of your marriage because after your kids leave it's just you two and if you did 18 to 25 years where you didn't talk to each other, you just made sure the kid, and it might've been, it might've looked great from the outside, but there was no groundwork laid in your marriage. Then that's, I mean, that's where some of that divorce rate comes from. Unfortunately is from just not marriages, not taking care of themselves because they were too busy focused on giving their kid every participation trophy they could find. So, <clears throat> well, to respond to that, Justin, something when, when my kid tries to put me and Annie against each other, I mm -hmm. look at them and I say, I knew I've known her way longer than you, bro. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I tell them, I said, I'm always going to pick nice. her side because I've known her way longer than you. And I, you know, the whole same, and I brought you in the store, I can take you out. Oh, oh, that's yeah. A, oh yeah. Uh, all the time, all the time, but I don't <laughs> actually do it just for the podcast listeners. All right. But the thing I was going to tell you, Justin, is the more they get older, mm -hmm. the less they are your world. Your daughter is one. She is your world. She needs mm -hmm. to be your world because she relies on you. Yeah. So right now your boundaries are around centered around her. They need to be because she needs your love and care. She needs your tenderness. That's bonding so that when they go older, they can trust you that when you give them more separation, they know they can start doing things on their own. So for you, I would say your boundaries is spend, choose to cheat, spend as much time with Amelia as you can. Okay. Um, yeah. That's good. That's good. Whew. Well, that got deep. <laughs> Real fast. That got, that yeah. got really deep. Well, and, and Justin, one thing I want to come back to is something you said, and that's that like, you know, you guys are still trying to figure out kind of where some of the lines are, where some of those boundaries are. And I think the important thing is that, that you guys agree and that you're, you're talking about it, right? Because it changes. So Roel, you were talking about, right? Like as teenagers and they begin to, you know, they begin to pull away, having lives of their own, going to school, you know, doing their, doing their thing. And uh, as, as Shauna says, Hey, I was with your father before you were here. You're going to grow <laughs> up and leave. And uh, me and him are going to be together. And you just get these big eyes. Yep. Like, <laughs> and that communicates such, you don't really, it's funny, but you know what that communicates to your kids? I love my wife. I love my mm. spouse. Mm. And yeah. she is a priority to me. When so many marriages right now, since post COVID, now the fallout's happening with marriage because of COVID, they were together. And mm. now they all, everybody wants separation because they spent too much time together. Okay. And so it, that communicates to, to kids. I love my wife more than you maybe. And probably, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my, man, am I tripping you up with this deep, th deep I know I'm over here like <laughs> looking at our sheet and I'm like, where do I go from there? Like Raul is just bringing the heat right now. Like let's just absorb that for a minute. Ooh. Right. Good stuff. I hope people uh, are taking notes on this episode. <laughs> gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> pastors always coming in. <laughs> Listen, I don't have this perfect, man. I just like to talk. <laughs> no, that's that, and that's not a bad thing. That's how you and I became friends. Because I yep. couldn't I couldn't not stop by your office and chat about everything. Everything. Craig totally can't see still that your happening, favorite pastor. <laughs> so talk to us. Speaking of COVID. Talk to us about how you, you just mentioned, so you have only been the pastor at Hamilton Mill Church for about a year. So that's right after all the COVID nonsense. But I want to say North Point stayed closed a little bit longer than maybe some of the contemporaries. In fact, we were still in Jacksonville when we saw uh, that they, when Andy announced you taking on leadership at Hamilton Mill Church and Hamilton Mill Church becoming its own entity because there is more backstory there about how it was like a... It was like a campus of a campus, and that was a whole ordeal that even I got to see. Campus someone. inception. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was there when it was still a, uh, the old Ingles or whatever. Anyway, that was its own mess. No, it was an old yeah. Impact Church. It was an old it was Impact Church. It was that Impact used Church. To be. A Winn Dixie. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, but talk to us. So, I mean, I'm, I know North Point ish behind, behind the veil. Uh, well enough. We'll see if I get in trouble for saying that some North Pointer is going to be like, you're canceled. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, to know that they are a slower to hire type of church. So even though you were already hired, you were already in, you were in groups ministry, uh, part of AME at Gwinnett. I'm assuming the conversation to take on as a campus pastor had been happening for a good minute. It was like the week before. It's not like Andy knocked on your door and was like, Hey, so next week you're promoted. Good luck. Um, like I'm assuming there had to have been some conversation going on. So how, uh, talk to us about kind of that starting journey of pastoring and as well as fathering, especially as you're, you went from groups director with your family to now you're, your responsibilities are increasing to a certain extent, changing and tweaking. And then uh, as well as fathering kind of during COVID and maybe to, I guess, towards the end of it, as we, as Atlanta started to go back to doing Atlanta things. Yeah, man. When COVID hit, it was so fun in our house. Cause we were like party. We get to hang out, watch Marvel movies, eat together, just hang out. We loved it for about like a week. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I'm out. trying to do, I'm trying to do zoom meetings. Our house is an open floor plan. So they're okay. doing school. I'm doing zoom meetings. We're all like, mm-hmm. stop talking, stop walking through my video. Of course I would be the dad and like wear something random and pop in their classes, like through the yes. background. It was, yes. I had, it, they got so mad at me. It was so fun. But during COVID we, we had to learn like what it looked like to really live together. Cause when your kids don't do homeschool or virtual school and they've been going to school their whole life. And then all of a sudden this happens, we were all on top of each other constantly. And there's Mm. six of us. Right. And we're very, uh, my kids are all close in age. And so it was constant bickering. And we, what we had to do is we started separating into different rooms. We bought laptops and tables and just figured all that out. But then what I loved is when they were on breaks, we would all be in the kitchen hanging out talking. Okay. And I was so surprised, guys. I thought it was going to be good. the worst thing ever after that first week. We hated each other. But then once we figured out this rhythm, it was more fun because we ate, we started eating lunch together. We started watching shows together when we should have been doing homework and work. Don't tell my boss. Um, and we should have been like, I mean, everybody did it, right? <laughs> and we, but we really grew closer together as a family because we, Annie and I realized we're never going to have this time like this ever yeah. again. And so we played board games. We played video games. We um, texted each other in the middle of class and in meetings. It was just hilarious. Whereas before <laughs> we didn't do that, ah. and you know, it's like before I was like, Annie, don't text them during class. And now we're like texting them during class. And oh my gosh. I, I, I was sending them memes and TikToks all the time. It was hilarious. <laughs> And so it just created this culture, I guess you could say, where now our kids, that yes, they're still annoyed with us and call us boomers and all that stuff like that. But it, cre- it created a sort of, okay, they could have some fun. <laughs> I say some, not total, but they can have some yeah. fun. And so that was, we've tried to keep that spirit now that they're back in school. So we'll throw gifs and memes or gifs, however you want to say it, in memes in, in our fam- family texting thread just for fun during class and stuff like that and riff off each other and throw um, TikToks in there just for fun. And it's I love that that COVID kind of gave that to us. Whereas before, mm-hmm. I don't know if COVID, ha- I hate that COVID happened, but I don't know if COVID, without COVID, that would have happened in our family. Um, yes, we have our moments where we can't stand each other, but we, COVID helped us understand what it looks like to be a close family where we can talk to each other and have fun together. The pastoring side, so North Point stayed closed until a year ago, 2021, about February. Okay. And so during COVID, I was approached to uh, have a conversation back in November. And then I didn't become the pastor till about April. So it was about a six month interview process. It was, oof, it was a lot of discussions, a lot of waiting because they make sure you are the right person. Yep. And this is all while trying to navigate COVID, trying to navigate a new pastor at the church I was at, uh, and then trying to oh, navigate. So Jeff right. Henderson was the pastor of Gwinnett Church. And Reed came in while COVID. you were, okay. Reed came in 2020 of October. That's right. And then Reed comes in and is told, by the way, it used to be Gwinnett Church, Sugar Hill and Gwinnett Church, Hamilton Mill. We're going to separate the two campuses. And that's when they started approaching me. So I'm under Reed 
And I'm like, oh gosh, what's he going to think? He was great. We're, we have such a good friendship. And I think again, because of COVID, we learned what I learned through COVID is it doesn't matter as much anymore. Why are we fighting? Why are we worrying? We're all going through the same exact thing. So we need to love each other and assume the best about each other. And so assume that everyone's trying their best. It's kind of like um, what um, uh, it says in the Dare, um, the Daring Greatly book. It's like by Brene Brown. Just assume everyone is trying to do their best and move in close, have conversations instead of staying afar. Because when you move in close, you realize we're all human. Mm-hmm. And so during COVID, Reed and I had conversations. All of the staff had conversations. And it was hard to lead because, you know, you're a church. Most of your stuff is in-person and experiential. But what we learned is COVID is another way to learn how to do things online, how to um, fast-forward technology for the church, which, as yeah. you know, the church has always been behind in technology. Oh, but gosh. now I feel like we're close If we're close to up to par. Now, we're not there yet. We're still trying to figure it out. But we're close to up to par. And that's something I learned during COVID is, A, man, we just need to give each other grace. But mm-hmm. also, B, the church needs to embrace tech and we have to, because that's where people are. Everything is on demand. Now, everything has come to me. Everything is a la carte. There's nothing that's a package deal anymore. So we learned a lot how to take church to the people instead of expecting the people to come to the church. Ooh, that's a good word right there. Yeah. The, 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 the church, you know, typically speaking very broadly is great at, we're here in this place, come to us and we will, um, you know, we'll help you with your kids. We'll help you with your finances. We have the gospel, right? All these things. Um, the church, again, speaking very broadly is um, struggles with going to, going to the people. So that's a great word. That's a great word right there. I, I love that. I love, and the, you know, what the, you know what the crazy thing is, is there has, there have been zero technological advances that are allowing this to happen so zoom right microsoft teams uh whatever other apps like this we're using like those could have been started i don't know at any point in the last however many years right yeah easily um, we've had the technology had, yeah we had yeah. technology uh webcams well, some, some of it already internet, existed because skype had been around for a little while absolutely yeah. i think absolutely. i think zoom was what the neset the mother of invention is necessity or something like that um, necessity is the mother of invention yeah. there you go Absolutely. i had it backwards awesome so because I, I think zoom was the answer to skype constantly crashing i feel like that's how that it's exactly how it happened because we started using we were using skype for other podcasts i was doing and then we switched to zoom and so that's exactly right nice. well and also when you don't have something like the necessity part it fuel there's two types of people. There's the person who's like, I'm just going to respond to whatever else does. I'm going to be scared. I'm not going to move. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Cause that's sometimes people's personality, but some people are like, this has to change. We have to fix this. And those are the people who helped us move forward during COVID, especially in the church world. Yeah. 1122 Chad can speak to that. Cause we were, we were down there. 1122 didn't really have any kind of an online, they had the podcast, I think um and then yeah they were putting they they put the sermons on podcast you know like everybody yeah. does um but covid was what forced their hand into the kind of online worship experience yeah and all of the i know this just because i i served with with it for them for a little bit but they had a lot of the backbone a lot of the infrastructure um the building blocks for that and covid happened and it's like okay we're going <laughs> Green let's light. turn it on <laughs> And, you know, it took a, it took a little bit to get, you know, yep. uh, to get work some of the kinks out and stuff, but um, it's just, it's good. They were already working on that because the need was there. And luckily they had, they had some of that, the, uh, you know, some of those wheels already, already turning, but, but yeah, you know, it's been, it's been great. It's been great being able to, you know, having somebody having COVID, uh, <laughs> which we do right now uh <laughs> no someone in your house has COVID again yeah pierce, uh, pierce came back didn't he come back trip. from camp positive as well or was that jude yeah that was that was uh he came back from uh students camp yeah when they went up to i don't know georgia south carolina that area wherever they were nice. and uh, yeah we we call it uh we call it COVID camp because <laughs> <laughs> like literally his entire oh. I think every student in his grade that went came back and just 
gave it to their families. Oh my um, goodness. So, um, but yeah, no. So like, um, <clears throat> but it's great because we can turn, we can turn it on um, and, uh, and worship. I hate, I think one of the terms I hate the most right now is, Hey, let's watch church. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like part of me just dies. It does. It does. I, I will say, sorry, I'm cutting you no, off. No, go ahead. Go. I was going to say the online, I feel like the online atmosphere, while it's great for going to, is stripping away the um, corporate worship, the necessity for community. You can do it isolated and then people still count that. And it's just not, Jesus wasn't an isolated ministry. He was a community-based ministry. So yeah, yep. I, I, I feel your frustration in that. Let's just watch. It feels yep. lazy. It's, it's, we've almost enabled, we've, we've helped in a sense of like, we, it's a new sphere to push the gospel, Great Commission. I mean, Craig Groeschel's church is experimenting with VR church. So if you have an Oculus, you can attend Life Church in VR. Have fun. Um, but then you also are enabling lazy Christians who are like, oh, well, I guess I can visit Pastor Sheets today. You know what I'm saying? Well, and the way I like to think about it, because that's the big rebuttal to online <laughs> church, is I like to think about it as it's a chance for my family, if they're sick or if they are at the beach, they can still stay connected to the community. Um, and sometimes, man, you just don't want to get, you got young kids, you don't want to get up. Right. And you're like, I cannot make it. So I'm going to do this while they're young for like a year or two. Then I'm going to go in. No, Megan and I, Megan and I did that till we moved back up. And then it, we, we started putting Amelia about the time she turned one, 11 months, one finally started putting her in the nursery. And that's been, that's been good. So, cause she needs that community too. Yeah. 100%. We don't, we don't think, we don't think about kids that way. Right. But yeah, that's a great point. 100%. Well, we're going to start winding down here, Raul. But before you do go, because we're the dad report, tell us about the influence of your dad or your parents uh, kind of on you and how that's impacted your own fathering and, and uh, maybe even being a husband, kind of that if you're as comfortable as you are or not comfortable or. Man, you might hate my answer to this question because go it's called it. the dad report, but my dad passed away when I was four. Okay. And we don't hate that at all. I've well, that's not the hate part. The hate part is I've always struggled trusting guys Hmm. because of that. I've never been able to hundred percent trust someone as a father figure in my life. Okay. So the flip side of that is it's caused me to be a great dad. Now I don't think of myself as a great dad, but I focus on trying to be the best dad by researching podcasts like this, listening to other podcasts, watching sermons about dads or talks about how to be a good parent, any parenting thing that comes out, I just have to do it because I'd never, I'm like, well, you, I I don't know what to do. I still don't feel like I know what to do in every season. I never had a model. And so for me, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's fueled me to want to focus on what does my kids need in a dad and in what stage and season of life um, not saying this for, for anybody, but sometimes as dads, we cannot care as much because it's just so much of life going on. Mm. And for me, I'm reminded to not be like that when I see somebody with a dad. Does that make sense? I know that sounds super weird, super weird and su- like all over the place. But for me, every time I try and fix something, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know how to fix this. Who could I call? And I they're like, oh, so I go YouTube and I'm like, YouTube's my dad now. And so, <laughs> so it's just for me, my way of learning to parent honestly has been YouTube and like dig- anything digital like that I can learn from. And like I've watched from a distance how other dads react, good and bad. And that's where I've learned is not what you expected. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I don't think I've ever heard that part of your story despite how long I've known you. I don't know why that never came. Well, probably because you're too focused on my own crap with my dad. You, <laughs> you walked through a good bit of that with me. So um, so to a certain extent, I, I sympathize with the not fully trusting father figures or yeah. even like in my case, I think I put a lot of father figures together. It was always, who's the, who's the next male mentor I can, I could latch onto. So um, in can a, I, in can a I jump way. in on that real quick, Justin? Go for it. So Raul, Something you just said reminded me, and I was just racking my brain, and I finally remembered it. So this weekend, uh, I follow, I follow, um, I I listen to the North Point podcast to catch, you know, catch the sermon, and I I happened to listen to the one from this weekend, um, and Andy Stanley, 
He said, actions speak louder than words, mm. but reactions speak louder than both. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I think I almost fell out of my chair earlier. I was like, <laughs> oh, Lord, I need to hear that again. <laughs> Dude, as a dad, that message messed me up. This Oof. series is messing me up as a dad because I react to my kids so quickly. And then I'm reminded, don't be like that. You've seen other dads do like, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. And so it is, it's helped me in my marriage. It's helped me with my kids. Uh, well, I said help, it will help me when I implement it because I haven't yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Knowing is half the battle. Yes. <laughs> G.I. Joe. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's good. Yeah, I haven't listened to this this sermon series yet, but I was told by some friends yesterday that it's it's been solid. So I will have to go back and do that. Well, that's a good answer, Raul. I, 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 we appreciate your honesty and, and for yeah. you answering it in the way you answer. And, and the thing is, is that's why I like having the diversity of fathers or not fathers we've had on the show because everybody's experience is different. And so for you, there could be a listener out there that's like, I agree, like I connect, like that's my story. And you, you, you provide hope and you provide encouragement um, to those people. So we, I, I thank you again for for sharing that. Yeah, man. That's why I became a pastor to help people. Mm. Preach. Well, Chad, <laughs> that's you... what I do. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Not at North point. Andy does no. all the preaching. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Chad, do you have anything else before we do turn Raul loose to go play a fall fall guy? Oh, you haven't played fall guys. Oh, oh we'll have to talk is... about that offline. Okay. We'll talk about it after we, <laughs> we stop recording. Then I'm excited to hear about this. No, I just, I want to echo what you were saying, Justin. I mean, um, like we're here, we're here for just good conversations, um, whether it be with a dad or somebody who, you know, has a dad had experience that they want to share about, about their dad or, or, you know, the dad to live with or, or whatever. But I just really, um, no, I really appreciate your answer, your honesty and just being authentic. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's great. Uh, so, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on and being willing to share and, and all of that. I, I think it's great. Man, I'm honored that I get to do this. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks for being here. And now that you're a friend of the show, we'll have to have you back on at some point down the road if you're, if you're game. Would love to. That'd be great. Sweet. Maybe we can get you and our next guest on together. At some oh, point. man. That would be fun. <laughs> if we start reminiscing about college ministry, it's going to be stories. I'm not sure you're allowed to share. Well, <laughs> uh, I have to, and I'll, I'll tease this. Our next guest, he did have a podcast about college ministry, and it's out there. I'm subscribed to it, even though he stopped producing. So, uh, do you know why he stopped it? I was his last episode, and the file got corrupted. You have to ask. You have to ask him about that, please. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'll have to make a note for uh, for next week. Tell him I said that about the corrupted file, the one that Raul corrupted. that's so funny. So one last thing, Raul, because I'm looking at it. Uh, is there anything you do want to say to being, and I wrote this on our sheet in, in a humorous way, but being brown in America, being Indian. And for those who don't know, you are, are you first generation? Were you born here? Or were you born in India? I was born here. Okay. But your parents came over from India, correct? Mm-hmm. And landed, yep. am, am I correct? They landed in Miami. Correct. Because your mom actually recently sold some property that your family had to VU Church. So if you're not familiar, yep. a large mega church in Miami, Rick Wilkerson Jr., VU Church. And that was a really cool kind of, because that's one of the pastors that you follow semi-closely. And we've had conversations back and forth. So is there anything you want to talk about with with that and your story? Because I mean, um, I hate to say that race is a, a thing in America, but race is a thing in America. And we've had other guests of uh, Eric Davis, I, I think of, who was an African-American we had on the show. And he was awesome. I mean, he was so, so genuine and, and willing to share about it. If you haven't watched this episode, definitely go watch and listen to it. He's a little long-winded and he loves Star Wars. So warning. Yeah. <laughs> both of those things, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, so growing up, I, we used to be Hindu when we first came here and I grew up Hindu. And so that kept me more in the, with Indians together. But at school, I would be made fun of and, you know, make brown jokes and Indian jokes and Aladdin jokes, stuff like that. Not so much, not so much like it would cause me to cry and to be, feel like I'm being bullied, but every once in a while I'd hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was one time when I was a waiter in a restaurant in New Orleans that it really hit me when my table was looking for me and they asked another server, Hey, where's that Aladdin guy, our server? 
And I was like, okay, listen, I'm like 20 something and you're asking that the kid, like, come on. So, and that made me realize like people just aren't educated and like, sometimes they just don't understand. So I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what I teach, right? I should probably follow it. And so, and so for that, I, I, that's been interesting. So to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I kind of ignored it. It was more when my kids who are mixed, my wife's white from the central Florida, the whitest part of Florida. And I, you know, I grew up in Miami, so everyone thinks I'm Cuban, but I'm actually Indian. It's a hole <laughs> with an H in the middle. And so my kids are constantly- That's how you like, pronounce it, Chad. That's how you pronounce it. Rahul. 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 Yeah. Rahul. The H is not silent, but I grew up in Miami, so I'd constantly be corrected. Silent. No, your name is Rahul, not Rahul. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> and so- it's, no, that, it's to make people laugh. It's all good. Mm. But for my kids, it's more so they're, they're mixed, but people comment on their skin color. Not, they don't mean it in a negative way because it's usually their friends. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. people they don't know. Mm-hmm. And when they come home and tell me, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. But they're kind of like, we're just joking. I get it. They're just joking. So it is a part of who we are, though. At the same time, I, I, my, all my social media is take the brown pill. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I embrace it. And that's how I've taught our kids to do this. Embrace it. Don't hide it. Don't neglect it. Cause it is who God made you. Mm. And he made you unique. He said, I mean, he said he created you as his masterpiece. So own your skin color. And that's helped all of us as a family understand that even my white wife, Annie, it's helped us all understand it. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Cause we've always been, jo- we always joked about it when we were on staff together. So oh, I, yeah. I, I joke I, about I'd it all the time. Hear, yeah. It's, I make it's, brown jokes all the time. <laughs> it does. It is true. All right. Well, we're going to let you go play fall guy, which after we get done recording, you're going to explain to us what this is. Cause usually a fall guy is something you set up for failure. Um, so there's, there's a lesson there somewhere, but uh, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for your honesty and your transparency. I hope people took notes because I'm going to have to re-listen to our own episode and like take notes because there was so much good stuff in here between boundaries and balance. Well, not balancing, but ultimately just boundaries and <laughs> uh, owning yourself and your God's masterpiece. So um, yeah, thank you again, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Yeah, love you. All right, Chad, with that, I think we're out. I think so. Thanks all right. for coming on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can support us by sharing the show with your friends and family. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Want more The Dad Report? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and even join the community over on Discord. Don't forget to send us your dad jokes for a chance to be featured on the show. Remember the words of Billy Graham about fatherhood. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. So if you are a dad, we're cheering you on. If you have a dad, be kind to him. And if you know a dad, tell him about our podcast.